the Luscious Slew, and I listen to the Comic Syndicate. If you love comics, you'll be into what? Listen to the Comic Syndicate. If movies make you contemplate, Josiah's will accommodate. Twitter for communication, at Comic Syndicate 1. I was drowning in a sea of podcasts, and I found the one I need at long last. Book reviews, the news, and sex facts. It's more than anyone can ask for. The Comic Syndicate Podcast. Ooh, the Comic Syndicate Podcast. Ooh, the Comic Syndicate Podcast. Yeah, yeah, the Comic Syndicate Podcast. Welcome to the Comic Syndicate episode 306. I'm your host, Josias, at For the Villain on Twitter, at Comic underscore Syndicate on Instagram. What's up, guys? Uh, it's been a while. So, first of all, uh, happy end of the year and happy new year to everyone. Uh, I was hoping to have recorded the end of the year podcast. And with my luck, of course, that wasn't going to happen. With the lack of time, uh, with the lack of days off, the lack of everything uh, that goes on in my world. But we're going to get to that. Before we do, we're going to start off the show like we normally do, what we spoke about 100 episodes ago. Episode 206, we entitled Hashtag Ghost versus Man. At Mem the Beaner and at Four the Villain are back to play catch up. Uh, hit what we spoke about 100 episodes ago. Drop Twitter love. Shout outs. Football talk. Week seven. Week recap. Week eight picks. Then go back into. I'm laughing because we're on football talk and the Super Bowl was uh, last weekend. Uh, two weekends ago by now. The 14th. Yeah, a week ago. My bad, guys. Uh, literally a week ago from the day. Uh, week eight picks. Then go back into spooky story talk. We hit Reddit personal experience stories, then roll some comic talk, comic news. We hit Star Wars, Star Wars The Last Jedi trailer, The New Mutants trailer, Sony Venom rumors, Deadpool 2, Cable Talk, Marvel MCU, Ant-Man and the Wasp. We hit Thor Ragnarok, Netflix The Punisher release date, then finally rocked some comic reviews. It was an all DC comic-centric Batman, The Rules of Engagement number 33, Batman, the Dawnbreaker, number one, and Raphael Albuquerque's Batman, the White Knight, number one, which was Book of the Week. Uh, Book of the Week, those ones were actually really cool. So if you guys are familiar with the Batman Who Laughs currently, the Batman, the Dawnbreaker uh, was one of these spinoff Batman, Batman, who uh, kills the Justice League from each of their multiverse worlds. I know it sounds weird, but Batman and his contingency plans. But the book of the week was Batman the White Knight. Uh, Raphael Albuquerque's art is sick, but it's a series that he's writing and drawing himself. And he started a um, number, uh, I guess a second volume to that series with uh, Batman White Knight, uh, the Azrael Batman, which was really dope. And I don't know if I got to review any of those, but... um. Yeah, it's been tough to read anything. Uh, again, I'll go into that briefly, guys. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, um, I believe on, uh, not Stitcher, 
on oh my goodness spotify now there is a like button i don't believe you can leave reviews yet but if you guys dig the show share the podcast more than anything i know a lot of podcasts look i know let's start off here there are a lot of podcasts about everything you guys dig on uh everyone does the patreon route my goal is always to keep it free to everyone i'm not going to ask you guys for anything besides you know what like it and share it if you dig that's the biggest thing I want to ask from you guys. But if anyone else is going to ask you guys for money, uh, that's not me. So uh, just subscribe, like the show, and share it wherever you guys can. All right. It's been a while since I've hit this. So let's start off with – okay, let's start off here. I did mention uh, end-of-the-year podcast that I did not get to record. I wanted to give a bunch of shout-outs. I was going to make you guys wait towards the end of the show. Uh, this is a list that I compiled way before. So this was like decent, literally Christmas Day, Christmas Eve around there before my family came over for Christmas uh, here at the new apartment. And um, it, it was just something I wanted to do for you guys. The past two years legit has been a rough, <laughs> rough two years for all of us, not just me. This is not a sob story. This is not a poor fucking me story. I don't ever want to make it that, but I just want it to be as relatable to each and every one of you guys and girls that are listening to this uh, at all times. I want to be straight, uh, shoot from the hip, be honest, be fair, but um, I never I never want to pull your guys' leg or bullshit you guys because that's not me. That's not my character. That's not me at all. So just keeping it fair and honest with you guys. Uh, the lack of time is, is still existent in my world, which I don't quite get and it's caused the podcast to have lulls and breaks and a lot of lulls and fucking breaks and anytime i'm able to do this it's a passion project i love doing it and i love the feedback good and bad i don't mind and and i don't care it's great feedback regardless feedback is feedback and the things i can learn how to make the show better and you know what make it more timely josias um things like that i don't mind at all so i just want you guys all to know that I'm in the same boat as you guys are with family, with work, with everything, the monotony of the day. And again, it's been a rough two years and the lack of time has been my biggest uh, foe and adversary, which is odd to say. But um, yeah, back to, to that uh, end of the year podcast. And this is the first show of 2022. So might as well start it off uh, with this uh, just shout out list I came up with. So First of all, uh, I'm going to go out of order based off of the uh, the intro that I just played. Andrew Lewis wrote that for us. Good friend, listener from, from a long time ago. Um, him and his boy, Danny Courageous, were listeners. Uh, I know Andrew still listens, so much love, homie. I do appreciate it. It's a great intro, and I always love it, so thank you. Jacob Medina, uh, he's been on the show a few times. He has his own podcast with his lady right now. And he's had several versions of several podcasts. And he's just a legit good dude, down-to-earth guy. He hits me up a lot on the side. And um, he reaches out to me a lot, like uh, on Snapchat and, and on Instagram. He'll reach out. Like, I, I listen to the show. It sounds like you got a lot of shit going on. And if you ever need help, let me know. I'm, I'm down to, to do whatever I can to help you out. Like, 
I know I, I give deep cuts about even my personal life, and it's not depressing shit. It's just shit that's going on. So, Jacob, uh, you've been a good friend for the longest time, and this list is a list of listeners. I don't. I never want to say fans or listeners. I don't even want to call you guys that. Like you guys are legit friends. You guys hit me up, and uh, we've cultivated relationships, which I love. Uh, it's one of the coolest things that I've done about the podcast. Honestly, the second would have to be the cool shit I get to do as far as interview cool people and go to comic conventions when that was a thing uh, a few years back. It's getting back on track, but um, I'm not going to talk about that necessarily. So uh, Manuel Vigo Gomez, uh, my homeboy from uh, from school, uh, one of those people that tells me I liked it better when Adam was on the show. I get that a lot. Albert Alvarado, um, I met through my boy Daniel Alvarez, who doesn't listen to the show, but uh, one of those people also that says i miss adam on the show and trust me i, I do miss uh, adam as well guys come on all right uh simon and uh babblefish uh just cool guys that we got hooked up with from london who did the baked english podcast i don't think they do that anymore piggy mouth who now does a fans only page which is pretty uh cool sexy and kinky at the same time miguel garza dude i haven't heard from you in a while but uh I know you're a busy man. So am I. Uh, just much love. Always Lynn Aiden, I want to say, is your last name. I always fucking butcher that. Um, I always love when you hit me up, dude. I miss you. Happy belated birthday, I guess, by now. I saw that on Snapchat or Instagram the other day or Facebook somewhere. You guys can always find me on anywhere. I'm at for the villain on Twitter at comic underscore syndicate. Hit me up when I have time. I, I try to reach out to everyone back, even if it's just a thank you or just to touch base with you guys. All right. We have Looper at score. You're always down to uh, talk to, and you always chime in on a lot of things, dude. So my apologies for you sending stuff out and, um, me not getting back to you so so quickly. Like uh, my apologies to all you guys. I know a lot of you guys do. So so my apologies that I don't do that. Um, I'm gonna make more of an effort to do that, but I'm also gonna make more of an effort also to hit the mics more and just do this for myself because it's completely therapeutic, and I want it to be authentic all the time. Um, the boys from the Matt's Not Here podcast, Lewis. Um, you're dope. Uh, my God, what's some boy's name? Dustin, I want to say I probably butchered that. Got the wrong person. Eric Lopez, dude, uh, much love, dude. You're one of the, the people that hit me up as well. Like, I swear you, Lynn, um, Lupe, um, uh, you guys and Jacob, you guys hit up, hit me up a, a lot and just to check up. And, and dude, you're one of those cats that checks up on me legit. And I know even if it's like you shooting the shit with a joke or, or whatever it is, um, you tossing out stuff, dude, I love you guys. You guys are dope, rad, down to earth. And if there's anything I can do, uh, hopefully this hour uh, podcast can help you guys get through your bullshit days. Hopefully they're not bullshit days, but just a rough day, dude. Much love to all you guys. Uh, last few shout outs are going to be to, you know what, uh, Sergio, who did the original version of our uh, Dre uh, uh, intro. Much love, dude. I haven't seen you in the longest time. And last and not least, my boy, Adam Garza, dude. I miss you. I love you, dude. Straight up, legit. I miss doing these with you. They're definitely not as easy. And they're definitely not as funny. Uh, it's a one-man show, and it's hard to pull off. But um, it's not even the hard to pull it off that's been a detractor from pulling these off. 
it's just the lack of time. Um, if you guys have listened to the show in the past, you guys pretty much know. I have a whole library, guys. Subscribe anywhere you guys can find podcasts and just jump in. It's a full library. It's a full catalog. Uh, next thing is gonna, just going to be bullet points now. So bullet points, first off, I'm going to start off with uh, the titles of these are always interesting because I try to make them concise to what the topic of the show is for the most part. I already have the name already in my mind that I'm going to go with, and it's going to make sense. It's going to be House of Mouse and the Euphoria Issue. Now, the title is going to make sense when you guys uh, listen through to the end of the show. But I'm going to start off with the euphoria aspect of this. Now, this one is interesting, and I'm really curious how you guys all feel about this. Uh, I'm 41 years old right now. I'm a single man. Well, I'm not a single man. I have no kids. (laughs) I have a girlfriend, and she's got two boys, uh, beautiful kids. And um, I love these guys. They're dope. They're rad. They're awesome. Um, they're kids and they do make me pull out the hair I don't have anymore. But again, these guys I, I love. So, uh, one of them is just turned 20. The other one is 13, 14. I think he's going to turn 14. Now I'm saying that for a reason. My niece is 13 years old and I'm not going to drop her name, but if you guys have seen me on social media, you guys know, you know, which niece it is. Anyways, um, hmm. I always like to think or would like to think of myself as cool uncle for any of my nephews and nieces uh, to hit up, to talk to, to go to for advice, for anything, just to know, like, we can talk to uncle. He's not going to judge us. And the way he is, like, I just want them to feel like they're not alone. They can, again, go go to someone. Uh, I love my niece. I love all my nephews and nieces. Um, it was just interesting a few months back we were at, um, I believe it was my dad's um, 80th birthday party, but um, she talks to me and, and every now and then she'll pull me out like, uncle, can I talk to you? Yes, babe, let's go. Let's find, you know, a corner. Let's go outside and, you know, let's let's talk. Um, so just talking to her and her telling me about her friendships and even quote unquote relationships issues. Uh, my sister doesn't listen to the podcast because I, I don't say anything interesting on the show that she would like or be into or be interested in. I, I don't think for the most part as far as the pulp culture aspect of it. But um, my niece hit me up and it says, if you're listening, don't get mad yet. <laughs> uh, my niece hit me up and she's we're, she's just talking to me again about friends and relationships and and boys she likes and and she casually mentions what you know she's just talking to me what are you watching uncle that's good and i asked her back and she said i'm watching euphoria now euphoria up to this point i've heard of it i've probably seen half an episode if that and this was a few years back this is like beginning of covid for the most part and probably saw half an episode and for my taste, I'm like, okay, it's something I, I, if I had more time, if I wasn't working uh, 9 to 10, 9 to 11, I could possibly see myself watching a show like this. So now that I have more of a grasp on, I guess, the time of my life and literally having more time and um, spending that time properly minus uh, reading, minus writing, minus uh, paying attention to the news more than I should be, current events, stuff like that, uh, just being more present 
I guess is a good way to put it. And I don't want to sound hmm, pretentious in saying that at all. It's just I'm more present in people around me, even though I don't get to see a lot of people, even though I don't get to talk to a lot of people. The people that I, I am around, I try, again, to be more present. And I know that's a thing for me. Back to the story uh, with Natalia. So now having some sort of time, which is mostly weekends and a few times during the week, I guess, is, you know what? Fuck it. Let's watch this show that my niece is watching. I want to know what she's watching. And if you guys have never seen Euphoria, it's a show on HBO. So Zendaya is the main character, and there are a lot of characters that have underlying stories and themes of their characters and the character building. Now, if you guys haven't seen it, watch a trailer. Put this on pause. Watch a trailer. Wait till the end. Uh, it's a good show. Honestly, it's a great show. I have nothing to talk shit on the show about. It deals with uh, relationships. It deals with uh, oh my god, oh my god, drug issues. It deals with trauma. It deals with oh, okay relationships. It deals with sexual. Uh, issues. It deals with uh, adolescence. It deals with uh, adolescence, dude. Growing up in today's world and society where the social media aspect, uh, kids coming to terms with uh, dealing with drugs or drug abuse and overdosing. It deals with transgender issues. A, a lot of deep-rooted issues. Now, I don't mind that at all. Like, I don't. The fact that my niece told me she watches it, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, thanks for telling me, babe. Like, and and then going through the deep dive where, okay, let's now watch what this is. Like, should I let my niece, 13 years old, about to turn 14, um, watch this show? If you guys are parents, again, take all these facts into consideration. If you guys have seen it, would you guys let your 13-slash-14-year-old nephew or niece, or even, let's toss this up, your daughter or son, watch this show if you watch it? Uh, it's a question that's been kind of on my mind. Um, so uh, just watching the show and the issues it deals with. The only thing I, I, I haven't seen yet on the show, and it, it's a reality, it's a sad, fucked up reality of the show, or not of the show that I haven't seen yet, is the the mass shootings at schools that have happened prior to COVID. Um, and how it's easy for kids to get weapons and shoot up a school or innocent civilians and you know the the depression aspect of the show like it's all there um now i'm an adult i went through all those things too uh i completely understand it if it's a way for kids to identify with a show where they feel they're a part of the narrative without having those conversations with parents. Because again, look, let's look at it this way. Have you guys had those conversations with your parents? I love my pops and I've always been honest with my pops. I've never had those conversations with my dad. Like I haven't. Um, my mom, no. Uh, this is the worst story about my mom. It's like I've seen like a black swan with my mom and my sister. And it's like... My mom's sitting right next to me, and that that scene's going on where uh, where homegirls eating homegirl out, and I'm like, 
I don't feel comfortable <laughs> watching this with my mom right now. Um, so things like that. Now, my sister, I, I love you, sis. Hopefully you don't get pissed off. Like, I'm aware she's watching it. Um, that's the conversation point. Uh, do I feel it's okay for her to watch it? Yes and no. Yes and no. Uh, for the fact that they're the deep issues they're going through and bring to the table and talk about and discuss in a weird, bizarre, grounded, fucked up way, it's there are things that are going on in the world and that have been going on in the world that we have experienced. Um, it's just what we experienced on, on steroids because, again, it's so easy to access everything. Everything. Um, as far as social media and kids bullying, like there, there is a, a sprinkles of, of bullying and cyberbullying kind of. But those things they haven't really touched on yet. But guess what? They're all pandemics of the world. The bullying, the shooting before kids got pulled doing remote learning from home. Things like that are fucking completely bizarre to me. But um, yeah, so that's something I wanted to hit. And this might, this is probably going to be a long fucking show. I haven't done this in a long time, but this is something I've been wanting to hit for a while. I don't know if it's a bad thing for me to talk about it, to think about it in this sense. Natalia, do I want you to watch it? I know you're watching it because you told me, and I'd rather be aware than surprised, I guess. And I don't know if that makes me cool uncle or aware uncle or if it makes me bad uncle even for not saying you can't watch it the deeper. And deeper I go down the show and like I'm digging the show. It's just so frustrating sometimes and the anxiety of the show is just fucking oh i hate every fucking character and you think these characters are going to be redeemed and you know i'm always up for a good story it's it's a good show and i'm not talking shit it's a great show and i really do enjoy it and one more question back to you guys is am i doing the wrong thing letting my 13 or 14 year old niece watch this show if you guys watch it and if you guys are still on the fence uh, why don't you guys uh try watching it and then you guys uh kind of judge for yourselves all right guys give me a few i'll be right back with some comic talk hey this is scott snyder i'm writing all-star batman uh this year and you're listening to the comic syndicate I'm Mitch Garrett, the artist of Sheriff of Babylon. I'm Tom King, the writer of Sheriff of Babylon, and you're listening to the comics. Comics Syndicate. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to the Comics Syndicate. Hi, my name is Brian Bucciolato, and I listen to Comics Syndicate. Hi, this is Chris Michello. We're hanging out here at Frank and Sons, and are having a good time on a Sunday or Saturday afternoon, and uh, you're listening to me live on Comic Syndicate. Hi, this is Brian Michael Bendis, and you are listening to the Comics Syndicate. Comic Talk. All right, welcome back to Comic Talk. You know what, guys? <laughs> Real quick, just to piggyback... Um, I live not the closest to my niece, so I don't have eyes on her all the time. Um, I've been told by several people I should not 
be letting her watch it. It's not like we live in the same house. It's not like I have a thumb over her. It's not like I'm there to tell her, no, if if you're going to watch that, you're going to watch it with me. So at least I know what you're watching. And if you have any questions about any of these matters, talk to me, babe. You can ask me anything. Uh, Everyone thinks it's as easy as you shouldn't let her watch it. What the fuck do you want me to do? Like, I know that sounds fucked up, but like, what am I supposed to do? Like, um, kids are kids, and I've heard that a lot, but I mean, we were, they're going to find a way. They're going to find a way to do something or try something regardless of how we feel or our intentions for their their well-being are. Like, I don't have kids, but I know that much. Like, I got away with shit just because of the personal things that I went through. I experienced life uh, on my own, just like you guys have. And I guess that's the last piggyback is just that. Like, I, I, it's not like I can stop her from watching it besides uh, ratting her out. Sorry, Talia. <laughs> Sorry, sis. If this is the way you guys are finding out, I don't think any of you guys listen. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I, as long as we're aware, as long as I'm aware and she trusts me, I think that's a start for a conversation between her and I. So, all right. Sorry, guys. I just had to piggyback real quick. I wanted to throw out every bit of information as I could. All right, comic talk now. It's been a long time since I've done this, so I'm going to run through this real quick. I'm going to take my time, but I have two reviews I'm going to definitely hit, and I haven't read anything in the longest time, so I really want to touch a little bit of everything. So the House of Mouse aspect of this. So Art Spiegelman's Mouse, banned by Tennessee School Board. And I want to go in through into everything As I go along, a Tennessee school board votes to ban Art Spiegelman's acclaimed graphic novel, Mouse, which depicts his father's experiences as a Holocaust survivor. Art Spiegelman himself has addressed the McMinn County School Board's decision to remove Mouse from its curriculum in an interview with with CNBC. I'm kind of baffled by this, Spiegelman said. It's leaving me with my jaw open like, what? He continued, going on to describe the board as Orwellian. The McMinn County School Board in Tennessee has voted to ban cartoonist Art Spiegelman's Pulitzer Prize-winning graphic novel Mouse from its curriculum. Originally serialized in Raw from 1980 to 1991, Spiegelman's Mouse depicts the cartoonist who was born in 1948, shortly after the end of World War II, interviewing his father, a Polish Jew, about his experiences as a Holocaust survivor. The acclaimed postmodernistic a modernist, sorry, graphic novel famously depicts Jews as mice and Germans as cats. As reported by the Tennessee Hauler, The Guardian, the McMinn School County Board voted 10 to 0 to ban mouse from its schools, citing the book's inclusion of words like, quote-unquote, goddamn, and, quote-unquote, naked pictures of women. Apparently, the school board discussed the possibility of simply redacting words and images it found inappropriate. They'll ultimately opted to ban the book outright. Okay. Our <laughs> comics are for kids, right? Uh, everyone always says that. Um, novels like this, where it's it's great aesthetic to learn about history in in a in a weird modern way, 
is dope. Uh, now, I got into comics because of my older brother Moses, and I wasn't just reading necessarily comic books. Like, he gave me this to read in particular. He gave me um, uh, Blade of the Immortal, which is a Manji comic, and very graphic, but very cool and, and just weird. Um, this one came out, oh my god, I've been sitting on this one since probably the end of the year last year because I was ready to record and talk about this. Um, if you guys don't know what this is, it, this is something that's going on. Uh, the board of Tennessee legit banned something like this. And um, there are so many things. Um, the Tennessee Hauler, the board claimed that the book being about the Holocaust had nothing to do with why it was banned. Why does the educational system promote this kind of stuff? It is not wise or healthy. I am not denying it was horrible, brutal, and cruel, one board member said. It's like when you're watching TV and a cuss word or a nude scene comes on. Would it be the same movie without it? Well, this would be the same book without it. If I had a child in eighth in the eighth grade, this ain't happening. If I had to move him out of uh, and homeschool him or put him somewhere else, this is not happening. Um, that said, while the board itself voted unanimously to ban Mouse, others leapt to the book's defense, said one instructional supervisor. I can talk of the history. I was a history teacher, and there is nothing pretty about the Holocaust. And for me, this was a great way to depict a horrific time in history. Mr. Spiegelman did his very best to depict his mother passing away, and we are almost 80 years away. Are the words objectionable? Yes, there is no one that thinks they aren't. But by taking away the first part, it's not changing the meaning of what he is trying to portray and copyright. Are we going to be teaching these words outside of this book as vocabulary words? No, you know me better than that. Regardless of the reason, the decision to ban a landmark graphic novel like Mouse is sure to raise eyebrows given the recent trend of conservative book banning efforts. On top of that, news of the McMinn County Board voting to ban Spiegelman's book from its schools comes just one day before International Holocaust Remembrance Day on January 27th. Well, actually, I compiled this after the fact. My bad, guys. To that point, numerous journalists and literally industry professionals have offered their own takes on the board's decision, with most condemning it. There's only one kind of people who would love to ban Mouse, whatever they are calling themselves these days, wrote Neil Gaiman. All right, guys, this one was interesting. Um, a lot of people feel a lot of ways about this book in particular right now uh if you guys have never read it uh, if it's a great literary ed um, device to give to young kids that um are learning about world war ii and the holocaust and the germ the concentration camps and um the loss and even the survivors of it which is it's a part of history and again, any way you can use to express yourself in a great literally literal huh, literary manner um, that doesn't hurt anyone and it's not hurting anyone. Um, I don't think it's ever a bad thing. Like um, they're not portraying something as horrific. Think about how, how horrific it is already anyways to, to teach that to a kid. Like, uh, thank goodness out here in, 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 in LA, you know, we, we have the, the Holocaust Museum, which is a depressing fucking place to go to. 
I went there, you know, on a, on a school trip uh, 20 years ago by now. Oh, God, my God, 22, 23, 24 years ago. And it's a place I would love to go back to to revisit as depressing as, as it is. Um, yeah, to have that headspace to go. Um, it's just something that I've, I've read before. And reading it as a kid, I don't think it was a bad thing. And now that adults are saying it's bad to teach in schools where it's it's an easier uh, way to portray horrific events that happen it is gnarly and bizarre. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. How do you guys feel about it? I I don't want to get right or left about anything. I just know how I feel. And if you guys agree with the banning, fuck me. Toss me that information. Like tweet me or hit me up on Instagram or Facebook, the Comic Syndicate. And I'm curious, like, who agrees with something like this? And I'm not going to demonize you. I'm, I'm, it's an interesting conversation piece. And I just don't know anyone in my world that, that feels the same way that it's okay to ban something like this. All right, um, I'm going to continue on as quick as I can, guys. Anne Rice, author of Interview with the Vampire, has died. She passed out away on 12-12, so that's how long I've been holding on to that one. I know, my notes are, are weird. Huh? Cobra Kai producer promises more than five seasons, so just saw the other one. Pretty dope. Next one is going to be Goonies-themed TV series lands at Disney+. Plus. Um, Fox had passed on it, and Disney+, Plus is now going to be on board to put that out. Let's see, uh, Henry Cavill's Superman isn't returning for The Flash, which I uh, know DC and Jim, Jim Lee tossed out, uh, I believe, trailers for The Batman, for Aquaman, and for The Flash, I believe, which all three look kind of cool. Actually, no, Shazam, not Shazam, uh, Black Adam, which uh, is The Rock, and I'm kind of cool with. Uh, actually, I haven't seen Aquaman yet. I know, I'm anti-DC. I finally saw um justice league gray i guess is the best way to put it um snyder as the snyder cut i guess uh, was so much better than than justice league by far um it was it was a long fucking haul but so much better than the than the original nonsense that came out all right netflix gives sandman tv mature rating for language violence and sex speaking of writers that um like to shake the tree neil gaiman wrote the sandman and the issues that uh, a lot of his stories literature stories he's written deal with a lot of homophobic uh issues transgender issues for the time um sexual uh depression like it deals with a lot of dark stuff and a lot of people didn't like him but now when you reread that homeboy was ahead of his time and i just I'm, I'm, i love it dude all right let's see what we have star wars obi-wan kenobi reportedly wraps filming let's see what we have before i continue on all right. Ooh, here we go. The MCU's Fantastic Four reboot is Spider-Man director's John Watts' next project. So if you guys have seen Spider-Man No Way Home, Homeboy is going to be the director for the Fantastic Four. I really enjoyed that. Moon Knight, uh, the Super Bowl ad for that dropped. I love that. Um, the ad for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Love that. So fucking cool. Let's see what we have. Uh, Iron Heart is set to debut in Black 
Panther Wakanda forever. Uh, let's see, Moon Knight. And I think that's all we have. Oh, Daredevil's Vincent D'Onofrio congratulates Charlie Cock on his MCU return. Again, I'm not going to spoil much, but if you guys have seen Spider-Man No Way Home, you guys know what's going on. I think I was one of the few people in the theater that got so fucking jazzed when I saw that um, person pop up. All right, guys, it's been a long time since I've been a review. I had a feeling this was going to be a long show anyways. First review I'm going to hit is going to be... <clears throat> Let's start with this one. It's going to both titles are going to be Marvel Comics titles. The first one is going to be Sabretooth number 1. Victor Laval is the writer, Leonard Kirk is the artist, Rain Barreto is the um is the inker. Sorry about that. And there is a graphic warning on this title by the way. Starts off I am in hell. As it goes now into what he saw, Sabretooth saw that final day at the Quiet Council, which is in front of Professor X, Magneto, Mystique, Beast, Storm, Gene, Nightcrawler, Apocalypse, Mr. Sinister, Exodus, all these strong characters in the mutant uh, X-Men team or franchise as they all pass judgment on him. Um, so Sabretooth is on trial. He killed a mutant uh, he actually killed people in general, and mutants are right now prohibited, leaving on Krakoa from killing just completely. For doing so, he now gets reprimanded, and we see what they did to him again. So from the pits of Krakoa, now this living island where all the mutants now live, he gets swallowed up for, again, killing. Um, but as he's getting eaten up or swallowed by this planet on this planet this this island um he he threatens everyone and that it's, he's in front of now just before he gets exiled so now we see him in, in this pit or cell and it almost looks his version his rendition almost looks normal to him out in the wilderness where he's dressed normal but he's on a hunt now and his first prey as we see in the panels the pages we see is a giant bear and these scenes are actually pretty dope. Uh, slightly graphic as he's literally scrapping with a fucking bear. But once he makes work of this bear, he hears a voice yell at him, coward. And it happens to be Storm. Actually, the X-Men just show up. Storm is the one that calls, calls him out. Storm, Cyclops, Gene, Nightcrawler, and Wolverine. <clears throat> So now they're trying to stop him. So as they try to make their move, Jean uses her telekinesis to wipe him out and calm him down, try to bring him down. Cyclops then tries to start bringing him in so he gets closer. And and this is where this title gets really bizarre and gnarly and fucking graphic. Is dope. Um, it doesn't work though. So as Jean tries to shut him down, uh, down Sabretooth threatens them again, saying they should have brought two head scramblers. And so Cyclops is close to him. This is fucking dope. He rips Cyclops' visor off. And it's really dope because he uses his claws to not just, like, uh, rip off Cyclops' visor, but he rips, slashes, and skins his upper face off, which is... I had to look at the panel again, like, holy shit, he did not do that. Now, it's dope, and it's sick, it's fucked up, and it's gnarly, because now... 
Cyclops because now he doesn't only have no visor to protect his eye blast. Now he has no fucking eyelids uh, to stop anyways. So it's crazy. Cyclops not wanting to hurt anyone. His team members, he starts looking up and he can't stop anyways. Sabretooth grabs his head and uses the blast like he's using Cyclops' head to blast down and shoot down the X-Men with um, Cyclops' optic blast, which is fucking bizarre again to, to see but it was very cool um so anyways all right so Sabretooth uses that uh and literally wiping out most of the x-men crew and then we see nightcrawler was able to bamf away so uh Sabretooth tells him you know you better leave but nightcrawler being an x-men he sticks with the fight and he he Bamps right in front of Sabretooth, and Sabretooth is even talking shit on him, which is fucking cool. He's like, I love your mutant powers because you can have an advantage, but if you really want to hurt me, you really have to get close. And that's what Nightcrawler does. He bamps right in front of Sabretooth and bamps with his hand uh, in, in Sabretooth's chest. And Sabretooth's like, that's what sucks. You have to get close to me to pull something off like that and Sabretooth just slashes him up and it's fucking so bizarre and, and, and cool just to see something so violent this is the first comic I've read in a long time so again it was really cool next scenes we see uh now are, are panels of Sabretooth now locked up shackled up in a detention cell where Doug Ramsey walks in with Warlock as his briefcase old new mutant characters for the most part we get some interesting dialogue. Doug wants Sabretooth to tell him how he escaped Krakoa. Now, uh, it's a really good story as far as Marvel brought a lot of violence to this uh, to this issue. And it's Sabretooth uh, being pissed off about uh, he's animalistic. It's a good story as far as, uh, again, the violence I don't mind in, in comic books. It's not out of character for Sabretooth to destroy or rip someone's face off. That That's not the issue I have. Um, it's probably the Sabretooth of the underworld of Krakoa becoming more of a, I don't want to say a godlike character, but probably too much care, uh, power for, for this character that I, I would care to see. Um, I haven't read issue number two yet, but I'm very curious about that. Um, it was a good issue, though. Uh, cover art was Ryan Stegman. I wish Ryan Stegman would have done the interior art, but it was a good, bizarre fucking um, a story just out of the gate. So not bad. Oh my goodness, I might be able to cut this in under an hour. All right, guys, next one is going to be my book of the week. This is going to be Hulk number one, written by Donny Cates. I love his writing style. Ryan Otley is the artist. Love his art, and Frank Martin is the inker, and I love Frank Martin's inking anyways. It starts off with Bruce Banner's inner monologue. I have long held a theory about Hulk. I have never shared it before now because, well, frankly, it terrifi terrifies me to my very core as we see a boom, boom. We have always thought of the Hulk as a manifestation of Dr. Banner's trauma that he experienced as a child, or perhaps his id, his shadow, his fury, his rage, as we see more panels now of a wider spread of where the boom is coming from as we see where the Hulk might be, and it's literally the Hulk punching this giant door. <clears throat> uh, now as it, the panels pan out, we see 
it's weird. It's almost like a desert or even another planet off world where he, he continues the Hulk to con- to punch down or try to punch this giant metal door. And the on, on the other side of the door, you can see all of the damage Hulk has done as far as like uh, the dents coming across as he continues punching. We now his knuckles and fists now bloodied up with his green blood as Banner continues. But what if? What if the Hulk is none of those things? What if he exists to protect protect us from Banner? And the sequence goes off where we see Banner, engine engaged, ready for launch, as we now see Banner walking away from this giant door on the other side. And from here, we get some good dialogue now <clears throat> from Betty, uh, which is, uh, I guess, Banner's longtime girlfriend. What are you doing? Bruce answers, Betty, you shouldn't be here. You know you can't have him locked in there. Bruce answers, it would appear I very much can. And this next piece is very interesting. She answers, Bruce, he's just a child. Bruce, you ever see the omen? Betty's, I'm worried about you. You're hurting yourself. Hurting him. You can't blame yourself what happened in El Paso. Bruce answers, I don't blame myself. I blame him. Bruce, please, you're scaring me. You don't sound like yourself. Please. As Bruce answers back a little more upset now. How would you know what I sound like? How would anyone? I'm only useful to any of you when I'm not here. And I have had enough. I never wanted this. I never wanted to be a superhero or a defender or an avenger or a monster. I wanted to discover things. Uh, I wanted to invent things. I wanted to push the boundaries of what's possible. I wanted to be a man of science. But then, as the panel now is flashback to the Hulk on the other side, continuing to punch furiously at this giant door, knuckles fucked up and bloody. Then this tumor started to grow inside of me, this sickness, and I was a fool to think it would stop growing. You saw what happened in El Paso. It's getting worse. And of these days, he's going to come out. Any of these days, sorry, he's going to come out. And I'm never going to wake up again. Don't you get it, Betty? The Hulk is immortal. I'm not. And it's just very interesting to get this dialogue. Uh, Donny Cates writes pretty dark. And if you're going to put it like that, yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. It's a very nice way to humanize and ground Bruce in that light where, I mean, yeah, he, it, it's a, I've never looked at it like that. And I don't think many writers have, uh, have brought that to the Hulk where it's like, yeah, well, what if I die? Homeboy's still going to be around. Just very interesting. So as the conversation continues on between he and Betty, we see that it was just in his head, this conversation he's having with her. Uh, So now the next pages and panels, we get his Doctor Strange meeting with all of the Avengers, Spider-Man, Ghost Rider, and the Fantastic Four, telling them all that Bruce is finally broken. Cap makes them all aware that Iron Man is following him. But now this is where Doctor Strange's uh, dialogue goes down, talking to everyone. I don't know what he's built. I don't even, I don't believe even I could have achieved it. I've scoured the earth, searching and questioning every mystic and omega level telepath who could do such a thing and nothing. He couldn't have built it himself. It doesn't make any sense. The magic required, it's beyond, as Captain America interrupts. Stephen, focus. What is happening? Strange answers. I'm not sure how to say this without just saying it, but he's fractured his mind into parts, rebuilt it into 
well. So as he's about to finish, <clears throat> what the Hulk, what Banner, I guess, has been up to. Um, looking, we see a, a page of, of now, uh, the Incredible Hulk, sorry, now uh, looking more souped up more than usual with like a helmet and, and shoulder harnesses, pads, um, as he's scrapping now with the Hulkbuster Iron Man. As Doctor Strange finishes, I believe he's turned the Hulk into a starship. I know it sounds bizarre, but the panels are dope. And honestly, now, here's where I don't want to go completely into spoiler territory, because it's issue number one, and I believe issue number four is dropping now. But um, this is, again, just a great story. So this is Doctor Strange's uh, breakdown of, of how he feels and how to assess the Hulk, or I'm sorry, Banner right now. He split his psyche into three distinct parts. As we see panels of Hulk beating up the Hulkbuster, Stark. He's modified and upgraded the external, which heck he very violently stole from AIM. And then somehow surgically implanted into his, well, the Hulk's own body. And he's built an immense mind palace, one like I've never seen. I witnessed it briefly in my astral form before I was cast out. Vast, complex, impenetrable, and at the very heart of it, where the Hulk's psyche should be, sits Bruce, a captain astride the bridge of Starship Hulk. And that's the weird version of it. Like, uh, he's amping up the Hulk for his own weird methods now. Um, so just really cool to see that. Uh, it, it, <sighs> We see some dope fights, though, between the Hulk and um, Tony Stark. So they're scrapping really good, and Tony finally gets the upper hand on him. He starts blasting some some things at the Hulk, which is dope. And they're little, I don't know, particles, and the panels are just dope to see. And Tony says, what you're feeling is adamantium nanoparticle shrapnel, Bruce. Nasty stuff. See, it burrows into the skin even yours. And as it does, the nanoprogramming forges the adamantium at an atomic level, creating any shape or form I want. In this case, a cage. Sorry, Bruce, this is where it ends. And the panel is dope because uh, it literally like encases his hand to the ground. Uh, it's fucking dope. And we see now that the Hulk just get really pissed. And the only way for him to do anything about it is is Hulk rips his arm off to continue fighting. Uh, it's it's cool. I really enjoyed the the aspect of of where Hulk is going and the banner and why not. I mean, look, he's finally pissed. I mean, he's been pissed. Planet Hulk was your friends are gonna ship you off world because we can't trust you and you destroy everything. I kind of always have had that weird uh, similarity, <laughs> I guess I can say. Uh, it's always good to read something where I can I can relate to in, in a weird way. And this one was just one where I, I kind of wanted to read. And it's cool. Um, so, yeah, it's cool. I liked it. It's, it's, it's cool. I love uh, Donny Cates. I'm not going to ruin anything else besides that. Uh, the dialogue is really good, which I really want to continue with, but I want to kill this uh, before the hour is up. I didn't want to go too long. I wanted to give you guys as much context as I could for reviews and uh, for two stories. So the House of Mouse and even the Euphoria issue I have. 
How do you guys feel about any of those things? Do you guys want to read these comics? Probably not up anyone or everyone's alley. Uh, I want to read more grounded stuff, which I haven't had time to read in a while. But they were cool to finally get two two comics that, that I don't know, just kind of were calling for me. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Always share the podcast. I'm going to try to pull these off more often, uh, hopefully now, with a little bit more time on my hands. Just a little bit more time. All right, guys. Share the podcast. Rate it. And I will catch you guys when I catch you. Peace out. Two, one. What's up, guys? This is Sholomani Duena, Miguel Diaz from Cobra Kai. This is Jacob Bertrand. I play Hawk. And you're listening to the Comic Syndicate. Ooh, ooh.